Hello and welcome to Spooptober on the Grindhouse Girls podcast. This month we'll be focusing on some Halloween films to Hallow stream this spooky season. But of course, we'll be discussing all things spoopy, scary, and strange. As usual, we'd like to warn our listeners that some things that we discuss due to their graphic nature may be disturbing and listener discretion is advised. But for those of you who would like to be spooked out, keep listening and on to the podcast. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. On this very special Spooktober episode, we'll be talking about all the spooky things that you can stream right now during the spookiest time of the year. Hey guys, welcome to Spooktober! Hello there, I'm Brittany, of course. And I'm Katie, Yay. and this is our first Spooptober episode of 2022, yeah. our third Spooptober. Welcome, welcome, Woo. guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Hello. Um, How are you doing, Brett? I'm, I I say this every week, but this is like truly like been like an <laughs> exhausting week. Like I am so ready for Friday um and then friday friday yes i'm like so ready like oh i got and we're gonna see pearl on friday we are gonna see pearl on friday that's gonna be a lot of fun too so i'm gonna bring a pitchfork yeah and our friend peter will be visiting from out of town that'll be nice so be a good time hello peter so i know we both have we hope you guys are doing well i know Brittany and i in rapid fire succession both had lost and found stories um, I had one yesterday, and Brittany had one that lasted a full 24 hours, so, uh, mine, I thought was gonna be the dramatic, oh my god, Brittany, guess what happened, story, but then when Brittany told me what happened, hers is, don't worry, everybody's okay, but yesterday, I took Gizmo for a walk after work, and I got back to my house, and my, the only keys missing on my giant keychain were my house keys, all of them. 
And I was like, no. Oh, shit. So I called someone who has a key. And I was like, hey, I might need you to come let me and Gizmo into the house. But I went and retook the walk just in case I dropped them. And I was like, well, they're not here. So I sit on my porch for about 10 minutes with Gizmo. I go to move my car so the person can get in the driveway. And I look at my welcome mat. And it's like sitting next to the welcome mat. And it's blended into the gray concrete. And it was there like the whole time. So I felt stupid. But my mom did ask St. Anthony to help me find my keys. And they did be found. And ironically, I asked her to ask to find your missing thing, too. And then literally, like, an hour later, you found it. Yes. So, Very true. I don't know if it was St. Anthony, but, like, it was too important for me to not to say. I was like, Mom? Because, I don't know, my mom has a freaky... I, I know some people think it's heebie-jeebie weird stuff. It's spooktober, though, y'all. Ghosts and goblins and saints and sinners and whatnot. It's fine. Um... But something happens when my mom asks St. Anthony for help. I don't know if it's psychosomatic or if it's real. For sure, I think it's real. But, like, things get found. It's weird. But uh, please tell the people what happened with your lost and found situation. Yeah, so um, I'll try to make it a shorter story. But basically, we had a leak in our wall, which is a a pain in the ass for sure. So what happened is that... They had to take out the part of the wall to get to where the leak was. And then they were going to have to reseal that part of the wall, paint it, replace part of our vanity that's on the other side of our bedroom. And then, you know, they're going to replace the carpet. So we had uh, three guys in and out of the house yesterday. And um, basically, you know, I had the dogs put up. We didn't put the cats up, but we kind of had like this idea that like the cats don't like loud noises. They're probably going to hide most of the time. And so evening rolls around and I had this like panicky feeling that I hadn't seen Tyrion, who's the smallest of our three cats there. And they're all seniors. He's the itty bitty kitty. Um, And so they're all three seniors. Tyrion's our youngest at like 10 years old. So I'm like, uh, and he's asthmatic. Um, Why did I think Tyrion was only five? mm -mm, We've had him eight years and we adopted him when he was two. So, so weird. Yes. He's so tiny, though. He is. He looks good for his age. And so um, Taylor, my husband, was like, I'm going to find him. So we literally started searching in every closet, under every bed. We went behind every bookshelf. We went for the garage. We went behind the washer and dryer. And we're like, oh, my God, he must have got out. So we started going for the video cameras. We posted in our neighborhood groups. We put his litter box outside. We put some dirty clothes outside. We put food outside. Um, my mom literally slept in the living room so she could check periodically if he had come to either front door or back door. Yeah. And then... Well, then you texted me this morning and you were like, hey, we can't find Tyrion. And you were like, I don't think he could be in the wall. And I was like, I mean, no. There's no way. Well, we were kind of like, I had this like feeling, I'm like, what if he's in the wall? And then, so we took glasses and we put our ears against the glass and put the glass against the wall and heard nothing. So then we were like tapping because we were trying to hear if there was any meowing, scurrying, whatever. Yeah. Heard nothing. And he's not a very loud cat. He's not. But um, we we woke up this morning and we checked those cameras again. And I'm like, you know, when Pogo got out a couple, it's been almost a year ago now. When Pogo got yeah. out, we found him with like in an hour or two of him being out. Because usually indoor cats mm-hmm. don't wander too far away from home. 
And I was like, he's not coming to the door. He's not showing up on the camera. It's like, it's like he has to be in this house. And so I told Taylor, I was like, you know, I know you don't think he's in the wall, but what if he is? And Taylor's like, we haven't heard anything. I'm like, but what if he is? Wouldn't it be better to put a hole back in the wall than, you know, exactly. yeah, than to smell something? And I hate to say it like that, but it's true. Feces. It would have been feces. Definitely not. Oh. And I'm like, our hearts were broken. My mom was laid up all night crying. Taylor barely slept. Um, it was just an awful night. And um, so Taylor got the guys over here. Um, and they put a hole, a small hole in the wall, and then they put a camera in the wall, and the camera is usually used to find if there was any leaks, but they moved it around, and sure enough, he had literally crawled up into a space underneath our bathtub, and had been sealed up inside the wall. Oh, the baby. And they did get him out. Yes. Finally. But the picture, we have to, that has to be the next picture we share of Tyrion, of him afterwards, is Taylor holding Tyrion. And his eyes, y'all, he saw some shit yeah. in that wall. I don't know if he'll ever be the same again, but <laughs> it's I, I've never seen him look like that ever. <laughs> He's fine, though. He's fine. Oh, I could think. But that was like a day because they couldn't get the people over there until this afternoon. Yeah, and then also on top of it, like, so the people that literally, the man that came and put the hole in the wall and managed to help us get him out... He wasn't even the um, guys who was supposed to finish our tile in the bathroom. They told us originally they're going to be there at 8. Then that changed to noon. And then they told Taylor around 3 p.m. Oh, yeah, we're going to come tomorrow. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so yeah. it was just one thing after another. And um, yeah. we've been getting, um, everyone in my house has not been getting, been getting sick, like Corona sick, but definitely like fatigue. The weather's changing. All that yeah. bull crap. Oh, yeah. It was 97 degrees outside when I got out of work. It was 100 degrees in my car. And I was like, I wore long sleeves today. It's September. Yeah. Um, well, it'll be October when this goes. But hopefully the cooler weather. I mean, Alabama's weird because, like, we're used to it not snapping into cold weather until, like, the week of Halloween. When you decide to wear your little costume. And then you're like, why is it freezing all of a sudden? I thought it would be 80 degrees. But yeah, I'm glad Tyrion's safe. That poor buddy. Yeah, he is good. I though. just were there any announcements housekeeping we had to say? I do know. Oh, oh, Syndicate. Yes, of course. Of course. We took off last week because Syndicate, um, Armand from Syndicate invited us to be on the podcast again, and we discussed the cabin in the woods. So it should go live October. 18th so we'll look out for that october 18th is when that episode should go out um it was a very fun conversation we got well off the tracks but our mom kept us on um but we got into all kinds of shit y'all so um it was a really fun conversation and it's a fun movie um that we've almost covered on the podcast a lot so it's kind of it was fun yeah i think i think it was yeah, too so, so that'll be fun. That's why we were off last week because we couldn't record two at the same time. So, um, and we were preparing for Spooktober. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to our editor um, and our Moody. Because um, they have a new name for their art um, account and um, it's called The Mage of Moody. 
And they have a Threadless store. They have some really cool artwork, by the way. And I actually bought a print of theirs for um, a friend a few years ago. I really liked it. Yes. It ended up really good. Sorry, I was, like, getting distracted by looking at their Instagram posts. <laughs> um, but um, if you have any art needs, they do a lot of really cool, like, Pokemon X-Men. What do you want? I don't want to say collabs. Oh, uh, but oh, uh, mashups, mashups. Mashups, yeah. mashups. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, be sure to check that out. Um, but I guess we're going to start. So, we're doing, like, a more informal list since now we have sidetracks. Um for Spooktober, but we're still going to give you some stuff that we've been streaming for spooky season for Spooktober. Um, I don't know why my voice did that. Um, but I, for some reason, last, because we have like three weeks between this week and last week because of, we had longer than normal. I, I just marathoned a bunch of shit. So, um, I'm about to start rehearsals. So I feel like I was trying to marathon as much stuff before rehearsal start, and I have no free time. Um, <laughs> and I'm so. the opposite. I barely watched anything, but I'm probably going to be, like, marathoning some stuff in the next week or two. <laughs> exactly. When I'm busy, you'll marathon, and then we'll still have things to talk about. So this week might be a little more me-heavy, although I know we're going to at least mention the latest House of the Dragon episode. Yes. Um, which, by the way, we are through... Four, four episodes? Five, five episodes, episodes, yeah. Five mm-hmm. episodes. Um, we're through five episodes. I think we only covered the first two episodes the last time we did sidetracks. So, we've got three episodes, which we'll, we, we went way into detail last time. So, I'm just going to, I don't know, we'll be brief about it. But I know you watched those. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Um, without further ado, let's talk about some spoopy, scary things. Do you want to talk about House of the Dragon first, Brett? Uh, yeah, I guess we can a little bit. So let's see. I'm trying to remember. So like I said, it's five episodes. The most recent was a wedding. And as we know, in the world of Game yes. of Thrones, weddings never go well. Uh, there's usually always something. Oh, no. ha- what does the Duraki like to say? They're like, hey, uh, a wedding where at least three murders is considered a dull affair, right? Uh, this yeah. one didn't have three, but it still had one. So... <laughs> Yeah, which it kind of started out with such promise. Well, the episode before was the episode where we got Targaryen bullshit. What I was like, I knew this was coming. I was starting to like all of them. And then they had to do the creepy incest for the wincest. Yeah. Um. So Damon takes Rhaenyra out and is like, hey, I'm going to take you out on the town, princess. And they take her to like a like a pleasure house, and um, he tried. He started to seduce her, and then realized he couldn't follow through physically. Got really angry, punched a wall, then left her. But she was like, you know, raring to go. So, which is gross because it's her uncle, but it's the Targaryens. Um, but so she goes and. Sleeps with Kristen Cole, her night's guard. Yes. Who was also a vir- I guess a virgin. I don't know. Yeah. He took, you know, they take it. Oh, both. well, no. But Jamie Lannister did too. So, so what it is, okay, so it took me a month. You can't have any land or children. Yeah, after you took the oath. But before it, he was talking about, I think that he did, like, have a few peasant girls he had hooking up with. And he could have taken a common wife before he decided to enter the King's Guard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, But he didn't. Yeah. So they were like, mm. So anyways, it was, it was a very, like, lovely scene. It was, like, a very, like, 
healthy sex oh scene? so i will say so it's a female it say. was a female director so it made more sense yes. that it was definitely like a more female positive sex scene um and they yeah. do have intimacy coordinators mm-hmm. on there too yeah so like it was pretty safe environment it seemed like um but anyways so but then okay so Renira tells her dad and um uh, what's her face allison mm-hmm. Um, the queen who used to be her best friend. Um, I didn't sleep with Damon because someone's been spying on her and they said, oh, she and Damon slept together. And she's like, I didn't sleep with Damon, which technically she didn't. And the thing is like, to me, Allison gets really out of sorts with it because Cole, so basically Rhaenyra gets forced to marry her cousin. Who's like her second cousin, which. Who's like her second cousin. One of the. um, Valerion's. Valerions, and he is he's gay she knows it he knows that she knows and she's like hey i know this is like a political marriage let's just keep our lovers and we'll just like have a really good friendship we know we have to have kids but like you know let's just have like an open relationship they have a very adult conversation about it yeah and it was i was like oh this is this gonna be good because like he has his lover who's like also like his best friend and his king's guard basically so like they're like oh well our king's guards will just be our our lovers but Kristen doesn't want to do that and Kristen asked her to run away with him which was very sweet but she's like, but I have to. And I'm like, oh, girl. Because I know, like, if she just ran away with him, like, I know that things are going to get bad. Well, also, I, I have to give it to Kristen because it's, impl- I mean, it's we don't know for sure they've slept together multiple times or not, or not. but we've known visually we've only seen them slept together once. And I was like, right. he has to have, like, a very high self-esteem to think that he slept with this woman one time and she's going to give up the fro and her birthright for him after sleeping. Well, but it's not the sleeping together thing, I think, for him. They've been, she picked him to be on Kingsguard when she was, like, 14, and he was, like, probably, like, 16 or 17. Like, they're very close in age to each other. He's been her Kingsguard for, like, four years. He's her closest confidant, because Allison stopped being her confidant yeah. when she became queen. So I think he is her best friend, and they've both been, like, having feelings for each other. And I mean, like, sex is great, but, like, I think he's like, no, this could actually be something. He, and I think it could have been. No, I, he's but. definitely her confidant, but at the same time, this is something that she's... And he does bring up an interesting point where it's like, she's like, you've been saying that you don't really want this. But it's like, deep down, she does want this. And deep down, right. she's thinking right. at this point, and also, yeah. he's like, I, the only thing I have is my white robe that I soiled for you and you just, you don't even want to marry me? Which I kind of get his point, too. It's just a bad situation all around. Because she can't marry him. I mean, she could pull a Rob Stark, like her dad did, and marry a commoner. Yeah, it, it would just be like... She can't. It would be like uh, Duncan Targaryen, though. She would be advocating the throne for love. Right. And it's not that I don't think Rhaenyra isn't capable of feeling love. I think she, can't, she is. She can't still be queen and have a common no, husband? No, no. Ab- you advocate the throne. That's what happened to Duncan Targaryen. The oh. whole thing about Aegon Targaryen being the king was that his three brothers, essentially, they either advocated or died. And that's how he... He was the fourth son he became king. Weird. That's stupid. But, so basically, Rhaenyra's kind of, I mean, I get, they both have good points. Mm-hmm. It's just a shitty situation. And some, But, like, 
doesn't excuse Kristen from... So Kristen is feeling really hella guilty about, one, going back on his vows for his, uh, we'll call it, what, what do we call it? Oh, like, service mm-hmm. for his, uh, what am I trying, like, what is it? The priesthood, oh. but not the priesthood. Oh, uh, the, you're talking about the king's guard and, um... It's a, act- I don't know, there's a general term for that kind of, it'll come to me later. Anyways, uh... <laughs> It's not like clergy, but it's like you're puh, puh, mm. someone is screaming it at the shit. Anyways, but his calling, I guess. I don't yeah. know. He's made he's made a vow. He's made a commitment to this. So, there is a right word, but it's not coming to me. That's okay. He's made a commitment. He put it aside for her, and he's hurt. She wants him to just be her lover, and she's, I mean, the thing is, like, she's like, I mean, that's fine, right? And at one time, I get her point, because, like, it's not her fault that she's a princess and that she has to follow these rules. That sucks. Um, And it would be nice for her to have both. But the thing is, like, that's asking him to put his whole life on the line for her. And, I mean, I think if she, the shoe was on the other foot, I would still feel bad about it both ways. Like, it's just a shitty situation. Anyways. But Kristen's feeling really guilty about it. Vocation. That's the word oh. I was thinking oh, of. Oh, okay. His vocation. Okay. He's He's gone back on his vocation that he took a vow for. Anyways, so he, Allison, is convinced that she's slept with Damon. And she's asking him stuff. And he's so guilty that he is like, oh, I did it. I slept with her. Yeah, Oh, and we should and, we should say it's because uh, she finds out from um, I forgot. Oh, I, this spy guy. He's, he's a strong, creepy little spy. He's guy. a strong. I forgot. So he's he's an ass. He's, he's related to the hand of the king. So he's one of the strongs. Yeah. And the strong, um, a strong is another one of her guards too. So Harwin, Sir Harwin, strong. Um, yeah. But he tells Allison how she was sent to tea, which is a moon moon tea in the uh, Game of Thrones universe is an abortion tea, or it or uh, or yeah. it's like a Plan B. Yeah, almost. exactly. Like it's definitely like it's basically it, it either like it's a Plan B prevent ovulation I, kind of. I thing. do know like uh freaking Lysa Tully was actually pregnant by Peter Baelish in the original books, and she was given that tea by her dad. So, but it essentially does stop pregnancy. And he tells yeah. Allison about it, and Allison knows, and he's like, because the king sent it, so she knows her husband was also in on the whole charade. So she, but yeah. the thing is, like, if Rhaenyra had told her, she would have, one, put her in a really bad place, two, put herself in a really yeah. bad place. And so, like, to me, I'm like, well, of course she's not going to tell you that, because it doesn't matter, because she didn't, she's took care of it and it's frankly none of your fucking business yeah but i get it she's a princess so it's kind of their business i don't know anyways the whole thing about living in the public eye just sounds terrifying anyways so allison gets all pissy and apparently uh when the high towers call their bannermen they use green in their tower Mm -hmm. and so at the wedding she shows up late in bright green and i was like girl why do you need to start because allison i knew i was gonna hate allison but, because it's just so fucking petty. Yeah, her father is, like, so there's a lot of things that are happening. So I feel like Allison in the show, I do like the way she's portrayed a little bit more. Because I am a little bit more sympathetic towards her in the show than the books. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's like, 
So in the show, we see specifically that her dad is like, you know, there will be a war. They will not accept a woman on the Iron Throne. And Rhaenyra does see see this, like, distaste for her as the heir among the common folk when she's out with Daemon. Right. So he's not necessarily lying. Does he want his own blood on the throne? Absolutely. But would there actually be a war over a woman on the throne? Yeah, that's a possibility, too. Which is why Daemon tried to marry her. When everyone thought they slept together. Which is also calculating on his part in relation. Yeah. Although I think he does, like, love Rhaenyra. Yeah, I think... In a creepy way. I think he does definitely care about her. But I think there's everything he does, does... uh, He's doing it for his own... It's gonna benefit Yeah, his own ambitions. Yeah. He wouldn't do it if he didn't also have a favorable outlook. Like, he's not selfless. Yeah. Or at least not right now. Maybe he'll turn into a Jamie Lannister. I... I don't know. I do love, though, when Alicent comes in into that throne room, that he, everyone stands immediately except for Daemon. And I'm just like, look at him not giving any fucks. Like, it, it's a I really know. humorous moment in a very serious scene. It um, is. And also, he and Rhaenyra, like, dance together after her little dance with her cousin, mm-hmm. husband. And, like, he's like, do you really want to get married? And she's like, marry me right now, then, asshole. And it's great because they're all, like, they're speaking in, like, Valer- Valerion, so no one, Valerian. no one can understand them, like, which is another but, really cool but thing. But Viserys sees them talking. Viserys is like, oh, shit. Meanwhile, oh, shit, what is, what is Rhaenyra's husband's oh, name? Oh, uh, Lenor, Lenor, Ellie. Lenor. Yeah. Lenor. And I love Lena, mm-hmm. his sister. Yes. Like, she's grown up now. She's so freaking cute. She's flirting with Damon. Because, da- oh, Damon, Damon's wife is dead. Yeah. Which, it's kind of ambiguous whether he purposefully got her to fall off of her horse, or if it was just a accident that he just took as a fortuitous circumstance. Because yes. it is kind of like, it seems like maybe he's, like, she thinks he's out there to kill her, so she freaks out, the horse freaks out, the horse falls on her, I think it paralyzes her. Yeah. And then she, I like, actually, his wife was hilarious, because she's, like, this fierce woman warrior kind of lady, and she doesn't take any of his lady bullshit. Lady like, Rose. you can't even consummate our wedding bed. Which makes me think that he has tr- problems in the bedroom, even though he slept with his paramour yeah. in the first episode. But I'm like, I think he has issues. What, one of the things I... Which is no one's fault, but, I mean, maybe there's a mental thing going on that maybe you know, modern day therapy could help you, dude. Because it's obviously a mental issue, not a physical issue. And what I... Because yeah. he doesn't love it. What I also love about this adaptation is so, like, in The Dance of Dragons, there's, like, two different, like, um, I guess you could say kind of, like, written accounts of what happened. And one was by Septon. And he's kind of, like, very serious. He's like, this is what happened. And the other one is by the court fool Mushroom, who's, like, everything he writes down. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Mushroom. Yeah, he's very scandalous. And so what the show adaptation does, it kind of takes from both accounts. So, like, in the original Septon's account, it's like, yeah, Rhaenyra lost her, like, virginity to her uncle. And then Mushroom was like, no, she didn't. She lost her virginity to her sworn protector, Kristen Cole. And so it kind of plays with both of those, like, ideas, which I really, really like because I think there is truth to both accounts. And I like that. And that's what they say 
and the Septon's account, it's like, you know, lady, lady Rhea Royce died from a fall and her head was crushed. So it doesn't say that Damon necessarily crushed her head, but then we see the aftermath, he picks up a rock. So there's like all these little like, and it kind of yeah. keeps you on your toes as like, even if you read the books, you can kind of understand what's coming, but you really don't know how you're oh, going to yeah. get there, which is what I really like yeah. too. And it's, I, I think it was really well done. I like that they gave her some personality mm-hmm. before she died, too. That was nice. Um, but anyway, so his wife is dead. So Lena, who, remember, originally as a child was supposed to marry Viserys, didn't. She's, like, all up in Damon, like, hi, handsome cousin friend. Which, I mean, Damon is very attractive. And at least they're cousins and not uncle and niece, I guess. Um, but anyways, um... So, Laner and um, Renera dance. Um, Laner's lover, who's his sworn protector, he figures out that Kristen Cole has to be the guy that uh, is Renera's lover. And it's funny, his name is and Joffrey. So he's like, oh, his name is Joffrey. And Joffrey's like, hey, buddy Kristen. He's like, I know what you know, and you know what I know, and we can be ever Like, he's totally into this open relation, too, and Kristen's a bit of a prude. Let's just put it that way. I, but he's also heartbroken. Yeah. So like, I'm like, I'm like, the guy is heartbroken. He's going through a lot of shit. Um, so like, Joffrey's trying to be all like, like very modern, very like open minded, and Kristen is just like heartbroken, and so he gets mad because he thinks he's gonna tell everybody. Which really, what Joffrey's saying is like, we'll keep your secret, you keep our secret, and we can all just be one big quadruple. Yeah. Which is fine. Whatever. Um, and that's not how Kristen wants to do things. And so uh, they start throwing hands. And Kristen is much stronger than Joffrey, I guess. Which sucks. Because he basically beats his face into a pulp. Yeah. And it's really intense. It's... I don't know. Was it worse than Oberyn? <gasps> Uh, I would say it's almost on the same level. I yeah. With this, at least you kind of knew it was coming because you see the fist draw back and every time it gets a right. little worse compared to, oh, suddenly the mountain's hands in his eyeballs. Awesome. So. Yeah, it is pretty. It wasn't as, like, shocking as it because yeah. it wasn't quick, but it was pretty gross. Um, Pretty good. It was almost, it was as gross as the freaking, um fire hydrant to the face in um irreversible i think yeah it was it was like that guys um so anyways if you've seen it you know so i don't think we remember to say spoilers but it's spoilers for sidetracks y'all know so anyways so then uh the wedding is kind of ruined and instead of like there's supposed to have like this 10 day feast before the wedding ceremony but like viserys is just like well fuck it let's just Let's just get you guys married after the dinner. And Lenar, his boyfriend's face is like, like they're cleaning up his blood yeah. in the same room that he's getting married. I, and he's like crying. And I'm like, that's fucked up. I felt really bad for him. Yeah. And it seems like, like, I know that they apparently have a quote unquote troubled marriage. But also I think it's just like, I mean, it's a political marriage. They don't really have feelings for each other, but... You know, at the same time, they seem to be friends. 
So yeah, maybe it gets worse as things go. Oh, on. and I I definitely don't want to spoil some things. I do know that the next episode will officially. So these this was the last episode of the younger versions of the characters. So officially, yeah, Olivia Cook. And, I'm gonna miss those actors. Yeah, in mid day, RC and Olivia Cook. Uh, take on the roles and they are pretty spot on with the casting emma d'arcy's nose is a little different but other than that like the casting's pretty spot on and i do know these actresses are wonderful and it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be interesting to see the time jump because obviously we're we're knowing at this point renera will be a mother herself so i'm very curious i don't know it's i'm excited i just feel bad for the series because obviously we know his time is coming by how sick he oh, is. Oh, yeah. So, like... Yeah, he either has grayscale or leprosy. Everyone's saying it's not grayscale. Yeah. But it's probably leprosy. But then it doesn't make sense because if it came... Like, you don't get leprosy from, like, an infected uh, sword. Yeah, I... Like, it'd be a... So, there... Might be, like, skin... Like, maybe a flesh-eating bacteria, but it's very slow-moving of itself. There is a theory that's been going around in the, like, in the Song of Ice and Fire community forever, and I think this is definitely, this show gives credit to this theory, how, like, um, we all know it's not a, it's it's not a spoiler anyway, so we know at the beginning of Game of Thrones, all the dragons are dead, and we know Daenerys' dragons were the first dragons in, like, hundreds of years. Um, Yeah. So the big thing with the Maesters is that they essentially wanted they wanted to rid the world of magic because magic goes against what they believe in, which is like science and medicine. And so a lot of people mm. had the theory, and it seems like his maester is doing a very piss poor job of taking care of him. Yeah. Because well, another maester is like, well, let's try something yeah. else. And they're like, no, leeches. Yeah, exactly. And so that kind of gives credibility to, and I think that's what's kind of like sad about the fall of the House Targaryen is this great civil war where they kill their own dragons, but it's brought upon by men. Like, not even the Targaryen mm-hmm. dynasty, and Taylor hates when I say dynasty, but because he's like, it's dynasty. I was like, they say dynasty in Game of Thrones anyway. They say both. Yeah, it's like, both is I'm going to sound the British way of I saying it. I feel like it. British people say dynasty yeah. and American dynasty. people say dynasty, and I, it's, it's the yeah, same thing. Yeah, but the Targaryen dynasty is literally brought down by men, and the dragons, the death of the dragons are brought upon by the Targaryens, men. which is like really Sorry. <laughs> bittersweet when you think about it, so. Also... Isn't it weird that in, and I'm sure it's because there's a Tolkien influence, but like in Lord of the Rings and in Game of Thrones, it's not humans, it's men. And I'm like, yeah, men. I'm like, it's humans. We're a human race, assholes. Well, that's what even, uh, even in like House of the Dragon, you see where these women are pressed against each other over patriarchal ideas, which is, you know, something very interesting because as we know, the big thing is now Renera believes the throne is her birthright, and then Alicent wants her son, her blood, to be on the throne. And that's what this whole shebang's gonna be over. We all know it, so. Right. Yeah. Which sucks, because, like, I mean, they're siblings, they shouldn't have to fight. Yeah. I just, I've never understood the gendered version of, like, succession. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really, I think it's very stupid. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to more Game of Thrones. I mean, House of the Dragon, but I'm also like, a like, mm, like everybody's now an asshole. <laughs> and at first, like, I was very like clear, like I like Venera, and I like, but she's kind of mean to Kristen Cole. And then you know, I mean, 
I don't know. She's not mean either. They're just, I think, yeah. Viserys is literally the only one who is, like, genuinely a kind person. Yeah. And he may have not made the smartest decision in marrying Alicent, but I understand where he was coming from, and I feel like, like, he's not stupid, he's just trusting. I will say, and I will, like, go into it too much, I won't go into a lot of spoilers, uh, but my thing is, is that I know eventually, I don't know how many seasons, we know that officially House of the Dragon has been greenlit for a second season, I don't know if they're gonna yeah. make this, like, five seasons, what the ultimate plan is, um, so the fraction with Rhaenyra is called the Blacks, and then Alicent's group right. is called the Greens, and I'm very right. much more Team Black than Team Green, but I will say yeah. this without any context. Helena Targaryen does deserve so much better. So, and I am. Helena. Yes. Which one's Helena? So she is uh, Alicent and Viserys' second daughter. They're her, they're, so their oh, second okay. overall child, their only daughter. And I won't say what happens to her, um, but she is the one that I feel absolutely the most sorry for in the entirety oh, no. of the story. Yeah. And that's all I can oh, say. No. And when when the thing that happens to her happens, uh, people will red, red wedding level probably talk about it. I don't think this was the red no, wedding. No, absolutely no, no. It was awful, but I was like, mm, this wasn't bad enough. Well, I'm sure the second season is when we're going to probably see some dragon action. I, we're seeing our dragons now, but I'm pretty sure the second season is when we start seeing some dragon battles, if I have to take a guess. Mm, that's exciting. Yeah. But yeah, so I I'd say it's still worth watching. I'm still enjoying it. I'm I'm interested to see the new actors because I like the new act. I like the actors they picked, but I'm also like I'm gonna miss the actors they yeah. had. But I'm kind of glad they did that because I know that this is a generational battle, like it's a generational war, and so I know like Rhaenyra can't stay in her twenties for the whole series. It's not like Daenerys where it was like over 10 years yeah and they were slowly happening you know this is like from her being a child to like when she d- passes away yeah. which i did go tooling around the internet and i have something slightly spoiled for me but not like details because i will say the good thing about the wikipedias for these characters is like they're very sparse on the details. I will also say if you like are like me and you rewatch the first like six season of Game of Thrones multiple times, it does bring up the Dance of Dragons twice throughout the series, and both times it does say how the Dance of Dragons eventually ended. So that is said in the original series yeah. twice. So it's gonna be. I'm I'm just sad they didn't go to Aegon's conquest. Yeah, that was what I really wanted. To I would have. I will maybe they'll go back and do that next yeah, season. So next season is Dance of Dragons, uh well House of the Dragons. So I don't know how many seasons they have planned for House of the Dragons. I do know right now. I love Kit Harrington. I'm not very excited about this myself, but we shall see what happens. So uh Snow, which is like the working title for mm. a sequel of Game of Thrones about Jon mm. Snow, has been greenlit. Mm-mm. So that's pre-production. Mm. Um and then there's talk. Mm-hmm. So the two main other series yeah. they're talking about. I'd rather see Arya. Yeah, like, you're not the only person I've heard that's voiced that, actually. Like, she's going to travel the world of Essos and... Like, Bravos and, yeah. Bravos, Essos, all that good stuff. All those yeah. places. Pinthos. Maybe she's going to go to the poisonous butterfly. Mar- oh, Missandei of 
of Naraf. Yeah, where's Masande from? Uh, Narf. Narf. Is that right? Narf. I think it's yeah. Yeah, that's where Masande's from, though. Yeah. Because everyone was saying Grey Worm's going to Masande's island, but there's poisonous butterflies. And the only, like, her people are the only people who are immune to yes. it. And that's why they, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to be bad times. Uh, so, bad times. I was hoping, and I will say this, I know we need to go to horror movies. Um, So, our scary, yeah. spooky stuff. So, Maybe. when they were talking about Game of Thrones sequel prequels, I was hoping, I literally posted this on Facebook like the bitch I am, because like five years ago, I was like, please let me dance the dragons, please let me dance the dragons, because AEW had created this article of like, possible sequels, and I was like, it better be right. the fucking dance the dragons, that has the most drama and flair, but the other two they were oh, talking yeah. about, and the fan favorite was actually Robert's Rebellion, so the kidnapping of Lyon the Stark was what a lot of the people was I mean, hoping for. I think people just want to know specifics, yeah. but I honestly, like, they kind of already covered that in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, they did. I don't really need to know anymore I about think people that. just are so, they love the characters so much that they just are dying to see, like, a young Cersei, a young Robert, a young Ned. You know, I think that's what they're really hoping to see. But we shall move on to horror movies, and yes. Yes, and horror, I actually watched a bunch of, like, horror television shows oh, recently. Nice. Which, some of these you probably also are into. Uh, by the way, if you didn't know, which I won't go too deeply into these because there's many. I'll just kind of say, like, my favorites and where you can mm-hmm. watch them. But Are You Afraid of the Dark is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. The original first five seasons are the ones I'm familiar with because they were the ones in the early 90s when I was an itty-bitty kid. Um, did you watch them? Oh, God, I love them. I honestly find them scarier than Goosebumps. Oh, Absolutely. Although Goosebumps is also streaming on Netflix, I like The Haunted Mask and Night at Terror Tower. Yes, those are two of my favorites. And then I yeah, those are my two favorites. They're uh, Stay Out of the Basement is good. The too. Haunted Mask is my favorite, but I am also a Night of the Living uh-huh. Dummy girl. I do love Night of the Living Dummy. I didn't watch it on as much. The books a million that I used to get to as a little kid had a little train, you know, where they would play movies, and they always played The Haunted oh, Mask. Oh, so good, Carly always. Beth. And I've seen it so many times. Carly I love. Of that it's so terrifying and it's got like a nice little like lesson about loving yourself for you carly beth also the worm sandwich thing always yeah. makes me want to vomit but are you afraid of the darkest streaming and i turned that on while i was doing some stuff this weekend and just some favorite episodes if you haven't watched are you afraid of the dark it's fantastic 90s nostalgia but also there's a bunch of like because it was like predominantly filmed in canada and there's a in, in North America, but there's a lot of like current actors that are famous now, like Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds, who were like guest starred on it, and like when they were little kids. And there's also I think Jake Gyllenhaal. Am I oh, Ryan Gosling, not Ryan Jake Gyllenhaal. Gosling? Ryan Gosling. Jake Gyllenhaal might be on an episode of that. I cannot remember. I do think Ryan Gosling yes. is for sure the one that Gilbert got. Yeah, it's in. the movie theater one, um, right? Like movie theater. No, it's the radio. Oh, that's one. right. Damn it. But he's kind of dressed like a theater person. But that's, I can't remember. That was one of my favorite episodes, but it is cool to see Ryan Gosling. And there's a bunch of people in there. You'll recognize people. But also, like, it's honestly quite terrifying. And some of the episodes have very dark endings for children's yeah. shows. And this went on at Nick at Night. Snick. Saturday Night Nick. And, like, the opening terrified me as a kid. But I always watched it. So my favorite episodes that I think are worth watching are The Tale of Dark Music. 
which has a very dark ending. The basement with the music and the monster. Okay. That one. The Tale of the Pinball Wizard, where the guy's in the mall and he plays the pinball game and then he is in the pinball game. I don't know why, but that one always, I loved that one. Although it also has a very dark ending. So, um, The Tale of Locker 22, where she goes back in into the 60s. Oh yeah, I do remember that. And they're all like, peace. Ah, oh, it's great. That one's one where they avert a dark ending, which I love. The Tale of the Hatching, where they go to that boarding school, and it's very creepy, and there's creepy, almost like Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of thing going on. It's I That one really terrified me as a kid, and I loved it. Um, I still love that episode. The Tale of the Unfinished Painting, which is the one where the girl goes to an art studio, and every time you finish a painting, you get sucked into the painting. Oh, yeah. For this lady to steal your youth and your beauty or something. Anyways, it's terrifying. I, I really, but also it's artsy, and because I paint, I think I was, like, really into it. I was like, oh, my God, look, she's painting. And then, oh, my God, she gets sucked into the painting. It's great. Um, and I think the girl who is the main character in that is in Firefly, I'm pretty sure. She's the girl... I think she's the girl that's the technician on Firefly with the red hair and I'm blanking on her name, but she's on, I think she's on Firefly. So, but she was much younger. And then the best episode, in my opinion, and the scariest episode, in my opinion, and Brittany, I think you probably agree because everyone thinks it's the scariest episode, but it's my favorite. The Tale of Dead Man's Float. Which one is that again? Remind me. The pool. Oh, okay. Okay. That's my, that's my favorite one. What's your favorite one? I can't one? remember the titles, but one of the... I think it was actually the very first episode, but it's the little girl that's stuck in the house. Do you remember? I think that's the first episode. The dollhouse one? It, it's or? So what it is, is like there's an abandoned house and there's a little girl ghost and they find her mom and they reunite. Yes, that one yeah. too is really I good. Cried I like during, that one too. I watched that one as an adult and cried because I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking sad. She wanted her mommy. It's like their, their, their babysitter or something is like, it was her kid the whole time and they find each yeah. other. And like, they're in the mirror. Yeah, it's like... Oh, that one, yeah. That yeah. One, oh, it's a that one's. I can't remember I the name of that the one. I think it's the first episode of the really series. Good. I really do. No, the first episode is the haunted. It's either laughing in the dark with the clown, or oh, it's the one with the taxi. Then maybe hat. it's the second episode because I feel like it's at the very. It like, yeah, it's early it's very, on very, though. Early on. Also, the way they have them streaming, I feel like is in more of collections yeah. and less of the actual order they took place in. I think because. There's one, I watched three episodes in a row and I was just like letting them go. I wasn't picking them. And like the same person told a story like two episodes in a row. And I was like, that doesn't seem like something they would have done script wise. But I feel like a lot of those Nickelodeon shows I've noticed when they're on like Paramount or Prime, sometimes they aren't the actual seasons. Yeah. They're not in the right order. They're just like, oh, here's 10 episodes and we'll call it season one. And I'm like, that's not when this one was. So I'm not really yeah. sure. Which was, but I thought the taxi one. I think you're right. I, I think you're the, the one episode. with the how the uh, carnival house and the clown may be the first one. The more you you said it, I think you may be right there. Because that does sound yeah. like. Right. I think they're they're all at yeah, least first the first season, season. Yeah, I do think. Um, so. another one that really terrified me is I think it's called the Tale of the Cold Ghost, and it's like the little ghost that <laughs> yeah, goes, oh, and also Joan Hart's in that one. I'm that one is, has kind of a happy It does, though. but it's like, I guess the child, it's implying the child froze to death while getting away from their abusive parent is what it's implying. Mm-hmm. Or... I thought it was a parent too, but okay. it's not. He was just poor 
and he used to get cookies and stuff from their house. And someone was robbing oh. him. And he was hiding from the robber. Oh, but he's so gross it's to death. Less sad. Oh. It's less sad because he wasn't being abused. Yeah. But it's still really I'm, sad. But he gets I'm his coat cold. in the end. Sorry, spoilers I'm for this. I'm cold. I always remember that. I'm cold. Oh. And Melissa Joan Hart is in that episode as a babysitter. I don't know if it's so. called to tell the drowned ghost, but it's the little boy he was riding his bike with his friend and the boy drowned, I guess, in like do you remember that yeah. one? And they fished the bike out? Like, that was scary. Oh, I think it's like the red bike Yeah, to tell the red bike or something like that. I yeah. Think. It yeah. was always, I guess, like, and it's interesting because to this day, like, ghost stories and ghost movies scare me the worst. And it seems like most of the stories in Are You Afraid of Dark that scared me the worst were ghost tales. Well, yeah. Well, and the thing with the the dead man's float is, like, and I think it's an Indian barrel ground or something they built the pool on. And then also a little kid gets killed in, like, the first episode. And so then it's just, like, it's What's the Nosferatu sad. episode? Because that's scary, too. Oh, that one. That's like that's the cinema. Yeah. One. Oh, I, I like love that, that one. one. That was my first time. That remember, I, that's the first time I remember like vividly seeing Nosferatu. I didn't know who he was. I just know he was creepy and he was horrifying. But yeah, if if you want to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark, it's on Paramount Plus right now. Obviously, it's nostalgia for us. I haven't watched the after season five because I watched the ones I used to watch, but. They might be good. They did They did a reboot in, like, 99, but I don't think I watched any of yeah. them. I don't remember watching them, but I could go back and watch them. You know what show I ended up watching, um, and I ended up marathoning it, was Devil in Ohio on Netflix, mm. which is pretty spooky. Emily Deschanel's in it from Bones, also Zoe Deschanel's sister. Both of them sing, by the way. Um, and it's based on a novel by Daria Politan. I don't know if that's how you spell the last name. But basically, a psychiatrist who's also been an emergency foster parent fosters this young woman that is found um, escaping a religious cult. And uh, things get twisty and dark from there. And it's kind of a predictable storyline. There's some twists and turns. But there's this attention to detail. Because, so it's a cult... That outwardly seems like a fundamental Christian cult or an Amish religion, like that kind of community, but they're actually Satan worshippers. Mm. But the way way that they worship is very similar to that of like of the Amish or a fundamentalist society. And but they do like human sacrifices and shit. Um, but it's also very fundamentalist Christian because like the rich people have access to like modern stuff, but the other people don't. And so basically this girl was picked to be a sacrifice mm. and that's why she ran away supposedly. Uh, it's also like very similar like fundamentalist Mormonism. Um, but they wrote music for this cult they played throughout the show and that they sing. And it just sounds like old church music, but it's just ever so slightly satanic stuff. And not like, not like creepy, like heavy metal sat- satanic, but like, the whole theology that, like, Satan, like, like some people that are Church of Satan, Satanists are more like, oh, Satan's about, like, pleasure. Yeah. And letting go. Like, they, they, I don't know. And it's very, like, the church has started very similarly how Mormonism was started with, like, a guy in a field sees a vision 
and you know anyways but there is human sacrifice so that's where i draw the line frankly um but uh i really liked it and i thought the attention to detail was unique for a netflix yeah. show especially i was like other than something like midnight mass you know but i really liked it i think it's worth watching i've also been watching westworld i'm on season three now me and ryan watched a few episodes it's good and uh these are non-scary in avid elementary adorable i love it it's very funny if you just want to cleanse your brain that's on hbo max and hulu and abc oh wow so yeah and it just won a bunch of emmys so good for it it's actually really good and from my friends who teach elementary school it seems very accurate to that i did want to give a shout out to to camp wanakiki i don't know y'all know i've been into rupaul's drag race but camp wanakiki is like a I don't want to call it a mini version, but it's it's like a shorter version of that, um, unrelated, at, in Wisconsin, and they were on YouTube for the first three seasons, and this season they're on Out TV. Um, but my one of my my new friends through like theater stuff, Flapjack, um, is on it, and um, I've been watching it with with uh, a watch party they've been doing locally, and it is really fun. And uh, Justice for Flapjack, because they, um, just, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil it. But watch it. It's great. Um, if you like drag competition shows, I think it's worth it. Also, I tried to watch the Boulay Brothers Dragula. But, like, honestly, I tried to watch the f- the first season available, which is actually the second season. And I liked all the creep. It's like, it's like scary drag, which I was very into, especially for Halloween. But then, like. The people backstage are so mean to each other that I was, like, feeling uncomfortable. Like, they were being so catty right off the bat. And I was like, I just, I don't know if this is fake or real. Because, you know, sometimes people put that on for yeah. the camera. But I was just like, it was like, they were being really mean to each other. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. So I may, like, try to watch a different season. Yeah. Because maybe it'll be a better, maybe a more congenial group of girls. Because I do think there are some people from RuPaul's Drag Race that go on that. I feel like that I've seen people pop up on like Instagram. They're like, oh, I'm on this show too. So I don't know. Y'all tell me. But I did want to like let people know if they're looking for scary things to watch. I know I told you this because I. Okay. So Britt and I have talked about the Bravo's 100 scariest movie moments before. And then the subsequent 30 even scarier movie moments, which the number one and the second one I completely disagree with. But it, it does have like old boy. And some other movies, the second that I feel deserved a spot on the first show. But it's not streaming anywhere officially. However, it may or may not be on the YouTube. On the YouTubes. So I may or may not have binged it. But they need to actually just put that on like Hulu or something because I would watch that. So I don't understand why it's not officially streaming anywhere that I can find. If it's like a rights thing or I don't know. But what is streaming is Shudder is currently doing 101 scariest horror movie moments on Shudder. They're posting an episode, I think every Thursday, I want to say. So by the time this airs, it'll probably be like three or four episodes available. And they've got stuff that like, they've got like Dr. Sleep and Hereditary and, and Get Out on there. So, or at least I think so because... They're showing clips of it in the beginning and people like Mike Flanagan is on there talking and stuff. So I really like, I like it so far. It's very similar to, I like Shudder's documentaries. 
It's similar to the Bravo one, but I feel like it's less... I feel like the first Bravo one, they got a lot of people that they just assumed like horror movies. Like, they got, like, the, the beer twins and, like, Rob's... Which Rob Zombie did direct horror movies, but they got just, like, a bunch of, like, musicians and things like, you guys play heavy metal, you must like horror stuff. And and they got some, like, filmmakers, but it was just, like, a bunch of random people. And I feel like with this one, they're a little more, like, film-centric. And not that, like, I think you should exclude people, but I do like hearing the stuff about, like, the background of it. Um, also, I didn't know this existed, but Shudder also has a Cursed Films series. Nice. And it's got, like, stuff about, like, Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist and uh cannibal holocaust and the serpent of the rainbow which is actually a really good movie if you've never seen it and then also on freebie on prime which i think is what imdb used to be like you know imdb had a free channel yeah. on mm-hmm. prime i think freebie is what they call it now it might be two different things but freebie i haven't i don't pay for it they've got masters of horror on there which i've always wanted to watch which, like, because I know Takeshi Miike does an episode. Yes. And John Carpenter's done an episode. Because Takeshi's Miike um, was, Barker's. like, a band from television one, wasn't it? Did we, did I remember us talking about that? Okay. Maybe. But it's on okay. there. I'm pretty sure. And John Carpenter's done some. Clive Barker's written a couple of the episodes. And Toby Hooper has done a few of the episodes. And joe dante from gremlins a couple other like so i would say like it's worth it it kind of is the vibe of like <laughs> factor fiction oh i love like, that show though the, the the acting's better but it's kind of that production quality so it's not going to be like the highest production because it's made for tv movies but they're all like within an hour so if you want like a story that you can binge like i think it's worth it the first episode uh, it was called Incident on and off a mountain road. And actually, like, there are many, many parallels with this relationship that this woman's in that I had. And I did not expect that on the first episode. And I was like, oh, God, this is hitting very close to home. Because, like, her husband is, like, a survivalist. And he's always trying to make her be like him and, like, be good at these survival skills. And I used to have that where it's like, you got to learn how to do this. You got to learn how to do this. And I was like, why? And he's kind of like a doomsday prepper and dated one of those. It's not fun. Gotta say. Not saying you shouldn't prep for things, but it's not a happy time. Anyways, but uh, I I will probably watch more of those. But I was just excited because I was like, oh, I've been... Because like every time we... I feel like every time we do like a lot of times we do an episode and then we're like, oh, and they also directed an episode of master of horrors horror and it was like 2005 to i think 2007 mm-hmm. is when they did it so anyways um everything else i watch is movies did you watch anything else that we want to talk about before we get yeah to so i i actually only watched one new movie i watched a lot of like tv shows like obviously i've been watching i'm sure you have too i've been keeping up with the american horror stories vaguely i watched a couple more episodes yeah. last night i watched the bloody mary one and the milkmaids yeah one, and that's as far I as i like gotten. how like the milkmaids one was set in the past but i haven't been very mm-hmm. impressed like overall um with the season it was good and the Bloody Mary one was good, but it was about the quality of Master of Horrors, I would did, say. Like, it's that kind of thing. I'm like, eh, There's fine. one called, um, and I actually did like this one a lot because it went off the rails a little bit, but I think it's called Necrophilia. 
or necrophiliac. And then there's one I've called the lake, yet. and the lake has Alicia Stil- Silverstone or Silverstein Silverstone in it from Silver- yeah. Silverstone from Clueless is in the lake one, which is sad because I think she's a good actress, but I didn't really like the story for the lake one. Um, That's the thing I've been watching, but I did watch one movie and then I have a little bit of horror movie like news and then uh, that's that's what I got. So, (laughs) okay. Something I think we both have seen. I watched Scream 5 finally. Yes, I loved it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I still think the fourth one and it's was so funny we differ we differ there because i didn't really like the fourth one i know a lot of people say this one was amazing it was good i but it was very predictable in my opinion and yeah i knew who the killers were almost immediately um there was one death which i don't want to spoil this death but it was absolutely brutal yeah um which i do admire them for doing that but i'm also I thought like, all the deaths uh, in this one were pretty like graphic in comparison to the other films or what i remember from the other films i mean eh, that one of them was for me the other ones were great but i did like the cast um jack quaid's in it jenna ortega is in it um obviously nev campbell and Courtney. Were you Cox? Were you laughing it? at the beginning when she was talking about elevated horror? Oh, I was like more snickering. Yeah. I was like, ah, it's funny. Ah. I miss Wes Craven. I think they did a really good job with the script. I just I miss yes. him, and I think it shows that he wasn't involved. Is how I feel. But I still think it was really good. I think it's worth yeah. watching. I just, I still, like, I was entertained by Scream 4 a lot more because it was so meta, but they knew they were being meta, and I just, it made me laugh so much while, like, it wasn't as, like, terrifying, but I thought it was really funny, and there were a lot of twists and turns in it, plot-wise, that I really liked. This one, there weren't as many twists and turns because I kind of figured everything out up front, which wasn't bad. Like, I mean, once you've seen the first Scream, you're, like, expecting Mm -hmm. it. You know, but it was, I don't know, but they did a really good job. I think it was really good. I won't, wouldn't mind them having a sixth one at this point because I thought it was solid. Yeah, they released a teaser poser for the sixth one and they're in New York. And I don't know what's going on in New York, mm. but it's literally Ghostface mask on the Statue of Liberty. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm intrigued. That'll be interesting. I also watched Apostle. Oh, okay. On Netflix with, um... We almost did it on the podcast, like, a couple months ago um, with the guy from Downton Abbey, blanking on his name now, but he was also in the guest. Oh, fuck. Hot Oh, he was the Beast and Beauty and the Beast live action. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, We're not going to hold that against him. Dan Stevens. That's his name. Dan Stevens. I really liked it. Again, kind of a weird deity, religious, culty movie, but set in, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s. So, like, more plausible almost uh but it was a very like celtic kind of deity thing um and michael sheen's in it too and uh shit the girl that played mary in bohemian rhapsody oh fuck um she's rami malik's girlfriend she's she's good in real life Um, yeah she was in it too she was really good um it was i really liked it um it it was very emotional and had some very interesting views on religion um but it was actually incredibly gory really? 
And at one point, I I jumped so much because they showed something that I didn't think they had the guts to show, and they did. And Gizmo, like, woke up, looked at me, was like, are you okay, Mom? And I was like, ha! Ah, I didn't expect that to scare me, but it did actually scare me. Um, and it's kind of about, like, someone who loses their faith, and their sister's been kidnapped by a cult, and they go to infiltrate the cult to get her out, and how they kind of get swept up in it. And it's very interesting if you like, like, witch hunt movies, like, it's it's got that vibe, too. It's vi- visually very interesting. And it's on Netflix. Um, so I definitely, I don't want to spoil too much because I think we could do it okay. on the podcast. Uh, this one, the next one, I don't know if we, uh, I don't know if there's enough to do on the podcast. There's a lot of cool background stuff to this next one. Like, what inspired it, which was the living goddesses in some Asian cultures, which there are, like, these little girls that from, like, like four or five until like they hit puberty they're basically treated like living goddesses and their feet can't touch the floor and like it's it's interesting but it's a real thing it's not like super prevalent but there's some there's been like some documentaries about them but um basically inspired by that and Asian curses is incantation on Netflix and I watched it because everyone was like it's the scariest movie on Netflix it's got some jump scares it's kind of like the wailing in Norai the Curse smashed together. Nori. Yeah, Norai. 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 Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, the curse. It's it's kind of like those two smashed together. Um, but I will say the story is very interesting because it's like a mother who, because of circumstances, is just now getting custody of her like four or five year old daughter. Um, there's a curse that she's under and she's trying to save her daughter from the curse. So it's got like, it's got like a nice, like, heart line through it, like an emotional core, which I enjoyed. But it, other than that, it was kind of just a found footage movie. Um, but it was well done. I would say it's well done. Um, it's got a little bit of the ring in it too, because there's a little bit about like, you know, the curse and watching videos and stuff too um but it's on netflix so i feel like i didn't feel like i was wasting my time i didn't feel like it was the most amazing thing unlike guess what i watched what a tale of two sisters oh i love a tale of two sisters it's so good yes which i own the uninvited yes which i did not know was a remake when i bought it way back in like i watched it in college found it at second and charles and bought it was like oh i liked that movie but the, the Tale of Two Sisters is so much better. I think The Uninvited is a solid American, like, eh, horror movie. But Tale of Two Sisters, the kitchen sequence. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what got me. Someone was talking about that on the 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments. And I was like, I have got to watch this movie. And I did. And it's so atmospheric and so creepy. And just so well done. And it's um, it's a Korean film. There's a, there's an Uninvited that's a Japanese film, too, that's another horror movie, which they are not the same plot. I have to say this. A Tell Two Sisters ending still devastates me, too. Well, yes. Oh. it's it, But it's so well done. And I knew really well vaguely what the ending was going to be because I'd seen the Uninvited. But it's different. They're not the same, but they're, excuse me, similar but I would say definitely Tale of Two Sisters is totally worth watching. Yes, I would agree with that. I also watched The House of the Devil by the Ty West. Oh, I own that one. I found the Dollar Tree for $1.50. Okay, okay. So yeah. you've seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I loved it. I didn't know Greta Gerwig was in there. Yeah, it's like it's such a slow burn, but I love I that type it. of slow burn. Like, it's but it so has good. a payoff. Yeah, it does too. And I felt like it moved really fast because I remember I had to pause the movie at the right when she was like dancing because I had mm-hmm. to go like Gizmo out, and it was already like almost all the way through. I was like, oh, we're about to hit the climax. Yeah. Wow. Like it didn't. It doesn't feel like a slow burn, even though it is a slow burn. Like it's not a slow slow burn. It's a pretty quick moving movie. But there is a lot of like exposition up front. And at first, I was like, "Ooh, like is that all the movie was?" But the ending is terrifying. And I and oh, Tom Noonan also is in the cast. And I was like, because he was he's in Manhunter, yes, as the Red Dragon, but. The Red Dragon before they did Red Dragon, which is called Manhunter, which actually is a really good movie. Oh, it's so and good. Brian, what's his face from Succession, the dad in Succession, is Hannibal Lecter in that movie. Yeah. Brian Cox, which I just love because I'm like, he's so good at playing like an evil person. He, he's he's so now doing good. McDonald's over, he's now doing McDonald's commercials. That's awesome. Like the, the guy who's like, is it a, it was it a road trip if you didn't start at McDonald's? That's Brian Cox's voice. I know because I watched way too much Succession. And I was like, oh, he's also Hannibal Lecter before Anthony Hopkins did Hannibal Lecter. But Manhunter's a good movie. It is so I good. slept on that movie for a while. Yeah. It's great. But yeah, I really liked House of the Devil. It's a very much send up of 70s horror. Um, and it's like, I, so I was talking about us doing X. And I was talking to my friends Matt and Flannery. Um, Flannery was in Clue with me. And Matt was talking about, like, oh, have you seen House of the Devil? I love that movie. I was like, I haven't yet. So everyone's been telling me to watch that movie forever. And for some reason, I didn't even realize you had it. So I was like, oh, I finally watched it. It's definitely something we'll probably do on the podcast because it's worth it. It's very interesting. Um, And it's very well set up, too. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really good. And then uh, something else I watched was, I didn't expect to like this on Netflix. I've been avoiding this movie because I didn't realize who was in it. And it just, it, like, Netflix kept telling me to watch this movie called Malevolent. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What the hell? It's like people who are Ghostbuster scammers get more than they bargained for at a haunted school. And Florence Pugh is, like, the main character. Oh, nice. Like, but before she hit it big, I think it was, like, maybe the same year as Midsummer. Okay. Maybe right before. But anyways, surprisingly good. I mean, not, like, the best ever, but James Cosmo, who plays Jor Mormont. Oh, wait. Ian Glenn. Lord Commander. Oh, Lord Commander. J.R. Okay. J.R., yeah. yeah. I was like, I can't remember how you say his first name because they never, they always called him yeah. Commander. Mm-hmm. Um, he's their grandfather in it. Oh. And Celia Emery, who, or Emery, who's Auntie Una in all the Bridget Jones' diaries, like her mom's best friend, she's one of the characters. Oh. And I was very surprised. And it takes place in, like, Scotland. So Ooh. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So anyways, um, so those were good. But the last one I watched is something that you suggested last October. I finally watched Lady in White. Yay! One of my favorites. It's, oh, I don't, okay, the movie is so weird, but I love it, and there's lots of, like, humor, but there's also some very serious subject matter about, like, racism, and child murder, mass incarceration, ghosts, and Len Carew, who's my favorite Sweeney Todd on Broadway, oh, Michael Cervasis, 
Cerevis, however you say his last name, the bald guy on Broadway. He's really good. He's also a really good Sweeney Todd. Um, but Len Carew is the one I have on DVD that I really, really like. And I was like, I was texting Brittany. I was like, oh my God, Len Carew's in it. And also that kid has the same Jesus picture in his house that my parents have. And its eyes follow you everywhere. It's terrifying, but kind of comforting. But it was just weird. I was like, is that just like a 60s jesus thing i don't know i don't know how old the picture is that my parents have they've just always had it i think it was somebody else's before theirs i will say and it's a slight spoiler and i won't say the context i always felt me and my mom both always felt so bad for the aunt in that movie oh yeah oh and that she's played by the grandmother in like who's the boss i think Mm -hmm. Catherine. What's her face? She has red hair. Yeah, did she pass away recently too? Am I imagining that? I think she that? did. Okay. I think she did. Yeah. Uh, Helmond, I think. Catherine Helmond. That sounds right. Um, But she doesn't look anything like how I usually see her. Yeah. Um, In this movie because she is such a transformed figure. Yeah, I felt really bad for her. I, I Even at the end, I felt so bad for her because I was like, it was so apparent she loves her sister and she loves her niece. Um, and I always yeah. thought, even as a child, and even as a grown person watching this movie last year, Frankie being stuck in the school overnight was so terrifying. Uh, I know. I love the I way was they like, filmed how that. Did you not, yeah. Like, and like, okay, I will say the ghosts were kind of silly looking. Because I don't know, and the fact that the weirdest thing that happened, though, in my opinion, was like. His brother tackles him at the beginning of the movie and he goes, you've got such beautiful brown eyes. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I think he was quoting his love letter. Yes, I think that's exactly. To the little girl that he had a crush Mm -hmm. on. But like, out of context, I was like, what kind of rapey brother, brother shit is this? Because he's also like literally on top of him tackling him and i was like what the fuck is going on but then like later on he's like oh why didn't i give that love letter to that little girl yeah because like kids are in mortal peril in this movie but it's also really silly and they do have i will say just disclaimer at one point they say the n-word yeah but i will say it's in the 50s i'm not but another person says hey that's not the word we use we use this word which is still a word that we wouldn't use in modern day society but I will say, like, at least, like, the kid that's using it is, like, an ignorant asshole and then immediately gets corrected. Yeah. So I'm like, it's kind of like when Stephen King has his bullies use awful language that makes me uncomfortable. It's like, but they're awful people. Yeah. So, and they're trying to, like, highlight that, which doesn't yeah. make it an easier pill to swallow, but... But thematically, it makes sense. Yeah. So I'm like, I was shocked, though, because it was, like, a 70s, 80s Yeah, movie? 80s. 80s, 80s, yeah. And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't know, like, you could still put that on film in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck. Like, and there was also, like, a really sad... It was almost like a, like, um, To Kill a Mockingbird kind of plot going on, too, which... I was like, oh my god, at least Frankie's dad is not a racist asshole. Yeah. He's like the only not racist person in that town. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck is, I mean, it was the 50s and people were assholes. Um, But it did, like, I will say, like, most Catholics, I don't know about all Catholics, but I know a lot of, the Catholic church that I grew up in was pretty active in the civil rights movement. So, so active, the KKK tried to burn it down at some point. So, like, it made more sense that the Catholics were 
not racist, but I'm not. I'm sure that wasn't all Catholics. Yeah, because I wasn't alive in the fifties or the sixties. But I was like, surely this town. Like, also, why isn't he going to the Catholic school? I was curious about that because there's like a nun with all these kids in uniforms. Yeah, I was like. Why would you send your kid to the Catholic school? I was curious. I was just curious why there was one. Interesting. And he didn't go there. Because his, his family seems crazy religious. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways, I think that's all I watch, though. Yeah. I only uh, watch one movie, and it's We're All Going to the World's Fair. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It's streaming right now. And it's really interesting. So I, I watched this movie because I was looking up this best of to stream list. And this was like a Sundance film. And obviously we watched yeah, a lot. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, we watched a lot of Sundance movies. Um, It's only like an hour and 25 minutes. And I was like, well, why not? You know, so... The movie is very interesting because it's like basically um, it's almost like entirely shot like for like almost like a webcam kind of found footage type thing. But it's like this teenage girl decides to do like this internet challenge called going to the world's fair. She cuts her finger. She watches like a very weird video and then she's like, I'm going to document my symptoms. The thing about this movie, so I watched it, and my main conclusion was that... It's a horror movie? It's, it's like a horror thriller, yeah. Alright, that's what it's marketed as. But, I watched this movie, I there was kind of one really creepy part, but I thought it was very, very slow moving. I can't even call it a slow burn. Because there's a resolution mm. at the end where it's kind of like you can decide what happened. And Taylor was like, you know, I just, he goes, I don't know. This movie's just really, really weird. I don't know how to feel about it. And I said, you know, I really, I think there was a good movie in the movie, but I just really, I didn't really feel like I gained something specific from watching it. And then I thought it was fascinating because this movie has a, like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, but then it has like an audience score of like 29%. What? Yeah. That is weird. So it has a very... It's, it's usually like a 10 to 20 point variance. Yeah, it has a very, very stark contrast. Now, this is what I thought was interesting. So reading up on this movie, and I I did not get this from this movie, but I do kind of want to go back and rewatch it now knowing this. So... My understand so the director, this is not like this is truthful. The director is transgender and they go by mm-hmm. they them. And so my understanding is that this was like the director's like kind of version of like gender dysphoria and coming of age and coming uh to understand that um that they were trans. Which I think is okay. I wish I kind of had known that under that lens because maybe I could have understood it better. Because when I watched it, I was like, this is just a very unusual movie. It's not bad. It's just so different from anything I've seen in a while. And like I said, I just didn't really know what to think of it. And I didn't really feel like I gained anything from it. But I mean, if you guys just want to watch a movie that's very out there, very unique, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's only like an hour and 25 minutes. It's not a very long watch at all. That reminds me, I know like we're in the last half hour of the like podcast, um, but there is a movie I need to watch again as an adult. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but a movie that really fucked me up when I was a kid was The Watcher in the Woods, which is actually a Disney movie. Oh, I haven't watched that one. Oh my God. It is like, I, I need to watch it as an adult, but when I was a kid, that movie scared the shit out of me. Like, and it was a really? Disney movie. It was a live action Disney movie that was like made in like the 80s. 
but it's a ghost story. And as you know, ghost stories get me. They scare me and I love them. I did before I want to go into some hard news that Katie can kind of speak on too. I was going to tell you guys a few of my streaming uh, picks for this month. Yeah. The Descent is on Paramount Plus. Uh, it's one of my favorites. <gasps> yeah, I love that movie. I love it. Um, the Birds, the 1963 Hitchcock movie, is also is on Peacock. A classic. I love it. The Birds terrified my mom when she was a kid. To this day, she's kind of still weary around them, which I think is kind of funny and sad. Peacock also has the Blair Witch Project, the 1999 original. Somebody else has Blair Witch as well. It's streaming on a couple platforms, I think. Because I think it came up on my Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah. Um, 92's Candyman, which we've done, we've talked about before mm-hmm. in conjunction with the Candyman that came out years on Peacock. There is uh, three other uh, horror movies on Peacock, which are all three of my favorites. Like, three of my absolute favorites. So, Dawn of the Dead 2004, which I mm-hmm. wish we could have done a comparison with the original um psycho and the thing are also on peacock right now so it is a good month for peacock to stream yeah. one of these so i did want to mention real quick three quick things i'm sure katie you can talk on these too so i know you've probably seen the trailer already but the first episode of monster the jeffrey dahmer story premiered today i don't know i'm a little nervous about watching it <laughs> uh i don't obviously i have not seen the first episode yet if i did i would definitely have talked about it but i heard it's the episodes are told through, like, the victim's kind of point of view, which I do like getting to... I don't like that they're victims, but I am so tired of hearing about serial killers and not the people yeah. that were killed because they matter. And I do like to know more about yeah. them. So- and apparently Niecy Nash is in it, and she plays, like, his neighbor who apparently yes. repeatedly called about him and i'm like oh i want to hear this story linda cleveland and this is what's fucking crazy so i've read about jeffrey dahmer for years i did hear that when one of his victims almost escaped it was three women that fought for him and the police were the ones that returned the teenager to Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Um, but I never knew that Glinda had called the police multiple times. And from the first time she called the police to when Dahmer was apprehended, I think she called them like three or four times and there was four or five victims between her first calling and when he was apprehended. So I am amazed that I never heard more about Glinda um, before this, that makes me really sad because obviously she yeah. cared a lot about people she didn't know. And it breaks my heart that, you know, some of this tragedy could have been avoided if she had just been listened to. Moving on, there was two trailers that did drop yesterday. And Katie, I'm sure you saw both of those at this point. It's uh, So the Midnight Club on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is Mike Flanagan's new show. Is that a series? It is, yes. Okay, good. Because I was yep. like, I don't want to watch this if it's a movie, but if it's serious, I'll watch it. It I kind thought... of reminds me of the Midnight Society. Yes, from me too. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. It... Only everyone's terminally ill. Yes, which is like extra layer of sadness. And if you know Mike Flanagan, it's like he's definitely got something underlying to say in his shows. Well, so I thought it was interesting too, because I, I think it says somewhere in the trailer it was based on a book. And so I looked it up. So the book is by Christopher Pike and it was published in 1994. So this is a book oh, wow. series that's been around for a while now, which I thought was interesting. Wow. So yeah, that's exciting. Um, it is premiering again on October 7th. It'll be another spooky thing to watch. I have not yet to be disappointed by a Mike Flanagan TV series. So fingers crossed this one's going to be just as great. 
And then I know you saw this, Katie, and we are also sent this link. So the Hellraiser trailer for the Hellraiser yeah. Hulu movie dropped yesterday, too. Okay, I will say, I like the designs of the... Cinnabites? Cinnabites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost said Demigorgon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Demigorgons. Different show entirely, the Cinnabites. But I will say it does, you can kind of tell that there's some CGI, mm-hmm. which... It bothers me a little bit. I prefer the practical effects, but I think it's more budgetary because it's a Hulu show. So I'm going to say it's more of a budgetary thing. I like that. I like that part of the puzzle box is in Pinhead's neck. Yeah. I thought that was cool because it links them. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I didn't expect to see, and I'm blanking on his name, whoever I, I messaged you and Dalton about. Hey, Dalton. Oh, I'm blanking on his name now. But he was on ER and he was the boyfriend in Practical Magic. Oh, okay. But he's in it too, apparently. And I was like, I did not expect to see him, but I am pleasantly surprised because I really like that actor in the Hellraiser. And I think other than the fact that it's obvious they're using some CGI, it looks interesting. I'm wondering if this will scare me because the first one did not scare me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I never read The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker, so I don't, like, the big thing is I really like the original treatment that did eventually become The Night House, as we've talked about again and again on the podcast. I like the idea of, like, this kind of dark, moody uh, representation of grief for a Hellraiser film. I don't know how much of that is going to be in this version. It's really hard because the trailers... Trailers for horror movies aren't always really good at marketing films. I feel like the exception to that, and I will say very quickly, is Barbarian. And it's like, because... I want to see that so badly. My friend Samantha was supposed to... You know Sam, obviously. Sam was supposed to come up here and see it. And then we got rained out. And so I'm like, I'm waiting now because it's still like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is incredible. I wanted to see it so badly. It's, I didn't even hear anything about it until I saw Nope. And then it was in the trailers. And I was like, what is this movie? So I have to go see I it. I keep hearing they're like, the less you know, the better the experience. Right. So other than the trailer and knowing that it has a 90% on RT, I know nothing about this fucking movie. Like, literally. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the thing. Unless you, like, do the trailer for Barbarian, it's really, really hard to gauge a horror movie by its trailer. I'm really hoping that we do have some of those original elements from that original treatment for the reboot of Hellraiser in this film. Yeah. So I I am excited to think that we will. But anyways, so I hope we gave you guys some spoopy stuff to stream next week. Um, we will be having friend of the pod and guest on here last Spooptober, Jake Jolie from Clay Zombies on. I'm pretty sure we're watching We Summon the Darkness. What is that streaming on? Which is on, definitely on Tubi, but I feel like it's also on something else. But Clay Zombies is now on Tubi that you can watch. So... Jake's going to kind of give us a rundown about how they got on to Tubi and what that journey was like as well, um, which I think will be super awesome. Um, so we're trying to stream something that's on Tubi, but I'm really excited. We're also going to have another guest um, at the end of the month. So this year for Spooptober, instead of us picking the movies, they're going to pick the movies. Yeah. So it'll be fun. But yeah, so with that, we've been filming more longer than we meant to. So we're going to say goodnight. I'm going to say goodnight. Take your vitamins. Wash your hands. Um, take your allergy meds. I got to do that before I go to bed. Take care of your fur babies. And, and watch, listen for the walls, yeah. apparently. it's gonna Keep be- the glasses to the walls. So yeah, and just be good to one another. Be safe out there. And yeah, 
have a spoopy spooptober. We will see y'all next week. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, guys. Go ahead and pick out your Halloween costumes. Go to Party City Spirit Halloween. Go to the Amazon, whatever you have to do. Just do not be those people that go on October 30th before Halloween's on October 31st. Do not do it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so, but all joking aside, uh, we are in the best month of the year once we're hitting, we're we're technically in September, but when we air this will be in October, which is my, the best month of the year. It's the new wedding season. It used to be June was the most popular month of the year to get married in. Now September and October are the most popular months. Because fall It's fall So we'll be heading to our friend Sarah Dalton's wedding. Me and Katie both will be at their wedding. That'll be nice and fun. Um, but yeah, yes. guys, take care of each other. Like Katie said, wash your hands. Um, you know, it is, unfortunately, Corona is still a thing, but cold and flu season is also a thing this time of year. So you definitely yeah. want to stay hydrated, drink some- Get your flu shot. Yeah, get your flu shot. Uh, eat some- And boosters. Eat some soup. It's soup water. Good soup. So, but we love you guys. We appreciate each and every one of you. And as always, we just look forward to seeing you next time. Um, same sweet time. Same spoopy channel. Say spoopy y'all. Say spoopy y'all. Bye. Bye, Katie. Bye, Bye, Brit. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.